all got that voice in our head that tells us we can't do stuff. But some people are just better at not listening to it. And by sitting down with those people, asking them questions, and then you know, recording it and blasting it out on the internet, perhaps, maybe, I can help other people like me get out of our own way. Hey guys, welcome back to Closure Optional. My guest this week is a repeat guest. He was uh, the guest in episode five of this podcast at the very beginning of time. And now nearly an entire year later, I am interviewing again my trainer and one of my very good friends, Iggy McGowan. He is a mindset mentor and personal trainer, massage therapist, and general overall human mechanic, (laughs) psyche mechanic. Iggy's job is to help you become a better version of yourself, to stop any kind of negative cyclic thinking, destructive patterns in your brain and mind and body, and get you back in balance so that you can be the best version of you possible. In essence, I suppose Iggy is kind of like the epitome of what I want to do with this podcast. He's the human incarnate version of that. Like, how do you figure out a way to simplify your life so much that all you care about is personal growth and development? Um, he's a super cool guy. I, when I first met Iggy, I thought, um, and I probably said this in the last intro, but I saw what he was capable of in the gym. He's a big muscly guy and he's really good at fighting and he's had lots of amazing, uh, success in his career. And I was like, yeah, man, of course it's easy for you to say, just fucking get your shit together. Cause look at you, you're an absolute fucking monster. You're a machine. And then when we actually sat down and talked to each other, I realized that Iggy has a crazy life story of being very deep in the underworld of doing bad shit for himself, for his body, for other people, not taking care of himself in the slightest bit and and on a very, very destructive path to the point where he contemplated suicide even um, at a really young age where it wasn't appropriate. Then he had some pretty significant life events that completely turned his life around, and he talks about them a little bit in our first podcast. So if you wanted to hear Iggy talk first, it's in episode five. But we we cover some of the similar themes, and he also just kind of reiterates basically his stance on everything, which is keep it simple, stay focused on your target, and you'll get whatever you want. So hope you enjoy the conversation. Um, Quick little update on Manuary, if you care. This week was Bumble Week. I just checked my uh, weekly stats to see how I was going on my phone. I love that my phone tells me how much time I've been spending in each app and how much time I spend on my phone. I spend very little time on my phone because I can't be fucked with it. But um, I have spent very little time on my social media. Like I, I set a limit so that I can only be on my social media for a half an hour a day, and that's total social media. So that's Facebook, Messenger, and Instagram, and I'm only allowed a half an hour a day. And um, usually I'm only on there to promote this silly podcast, but all the rest of it, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's, it's not my thing. But anyway, now that I've got these dating apps on my phone, I have this week doubled the amount of time that I use my telephone. And I spent, last week I spent eight hours on Tinder total for the whole week, so averaging just over an hour a day. And this week I spent 11 hours on Bumble. <laughs> Granted, I did talk to um, people when I was messaging boys on Bumble. I was doing it in the app, not outside of the app. So I think that kind of 
I don't, I, yeah, well, anyway, either way, I was talking to boys or looking at boys for 11 hours of my week last week, which is, in my opinion, when you look at it that way, that's fucking ridiculous. What a waste of my time. But it was nice. I've had lots of really fun conversations, and um, I have a date today, so that's my date for the week. Good job, me. Hope you guys have a wonderful week. Uh, I will talk to you again soon. Oh, we also have um, the live podcast is happening next weekend, the 20th of January. So if you want to get a ticket, please do get in touch with me ASAP. We've got, I think, about maybe 15 seats left. So please do get in touch with me as soon as you can and make sure you get your spot for that. It's at the Yard Cafe in Nobby's Beach in uh, the Gold Coast. All right. Have a great week. Talk to you again soon. Hi, Iggy. Hello, Lorna. <laughs> Welcome back. Thank you. It's great to be here. This time, I have uh, mic arms that hold your microphone, because remember last time you had it on top of a colander. It's so much more professional <laughs> right now. It is. It's great. It's a really good, good setup. I know. It feels so good to be in here. It's the only time now that I've... Uh, it's summertime. I didn't realize how fucking hot a garage gets, but it's all right. Yeah, it is. You've done well with the place. It's good to make your brain, like, when you're sweating and, like, just dripping in sweat and trying to have a serious conversation with somebody Yeah, it's a good it's development good. of focus. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to say, yeah. It's good practice and focus. So, it's the new year. The reason why I wanted you to be on this podcast after the new year, I kind of wanted you to be here beforehand, but I was thinking that, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's tough scheduling. You know, some people are difficult to schedule. They are. <laughs> Real painful they characters. Are. Um, but like the reason why I wanted you in here after the new year was because your whole practice, your whole like t- task and mission in life is helping people be better versions of themselves, which is essentially what we're trying to do with this podcast. And the new year is always the time where people are trying to be better versions of themselves. Yeah. And I would like to know what it is that you think happens to people when they think, all right, no, fuck it. This time I'm definitely going to go exercise or I'm definitely going to be a better version. And then what the fuck happens to them? It's habit. Yeah. People are so caught up in what they're normally doing Uh, that they'll just revert back to that all the time. So there is always the whole new year, new me, that's it. This time it's different. (laughs) This is it. And people have waited 12 months to make this choice again. Mm. But their choice lacks commitment. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the, the big difference in someone actually making changes and being successful or someone reverting back to the same habits, the same behaviour that they've always done mm. is, is commitment. You know, and I've had this conversation with people, you know, over this last week or two. Yeah. Is that, and people saying, oh, I was half committed to it last year, but, you know, now I am. It's like, no, that's ridiculous. That's a lie. Because commitment is your whole being. It's making this solemn promise to yourself that that is it. Without entertaining doubt or excuses, it's this is done Mm. and following through. You know, then it's a matter of, you know, establishing habits and rituals that, you know, see that task through to completion. You know, but that's what, so really what is it that people lack and why do they not follow through is 
this lack of discipline. And what do you think, like, so what is it about someone that is lacking that commitment? Like, that is such a funny phrase to say. I was half committed. Half committed. It's like, because like, committed no, no. is 100. Commitment is 100%. <laughs> you that's can't be it. half committed. You know what I mean? But the yeah. amount of people that say that, it's yeah, like, no, no, no. Think about the language. But this is one of the reasons why they don't follow through too is because they use these words, but they're empty words. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll use this language like, oh, yeah, I'm disciplined. Oh, no, I, I mean it. Yeah, I will. But mm. they won't. It's, you know what I mean? It's these empty words. What do you think's missing there? Like, why do you think, like, why would a person be half committed? What is it going on inside their brain that's going halfway there? It's, a, it's this looking for the easy option. Mm. It's, this, it's the, the lack of discipline. But the lack of the discipline is a muscle that gets developed through repetition. Mm. It's like, how do you build a strong body? It's discipline and repetition. So you have to repeatedly, you know, lift the weight or yeah. repeatedly throw the strike. And in doing so, you create these pathways and that is what builds it. Mm. And it has to be hit like boom, 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 again and again. And people lack that because they, they, the only thing that they're consistent with is their excuses and, and what's fucking weird about that is the ex- nothing that none of those feel good. Like no. when you're making an excuse, it feels gross coming out of your mouth. Like I, I don't like any of the way that they feel. It does feel so much better. I know that moment where I'm like, I can't be fucked today. And today I had that feeling. I was like, oh, I can't be bothered going to the gym. I'm just going to walk there because I can't be fucked running. So I'm not going to run today. So I walked to the gym and I was kind of like, oh, I'll just hit the bag for a couple rounds. But then as soon as I started hitting the bag and I just felt what it felt like to move my body, I got more and more into it the hardest part was walking into the gym door once I was in there I was like why the fuck did I make this so hard for myself exactly so but so to get to that point where you're feeling alive and feeling energized and feeling focused and feeling this sense of accomplishment you had to you went through that process mm. and you, but you pushed through that little bit of momentary discomfort because you knew that okay this has to be done yeah so that in itself is discipline it's mm silencing that voice of weakness and pushing through that momentary discomfort rather than giving in, Mm. you know, to accomplish the result. And in doing so, you feel energized, you feel alive. And when you do that repeatedly, see, you know this as a fighter and with your training, that it's more than once a week that that little voice starts up and goes, oh, but I'm tired today. Oh, but I'm sore. Oh, but... And you've got to... You've got to correct that voice. You go, Mm. no, I'm doing it. Mm. I'm doing it. And the more that you do that, the more that you strengthen your mind and, of course, strengthen your body through your training. And that muscle of discipline grows. Yeah, yeah. And it's okay to start with fucking simple things, I imagine, huh? The simpler, the better. This is Most people that I work with, you know, if they're people that haven't really had a martial arts background or... You know, they have gone from not doing any training, you know, their life's unbalanced, their health is poor, Mm. you know, their mind is weak, you know, so people have to start somewhere. And the thing is, you only have to start small and the simpler, the better. So I'll get people doing things as simple as nine push-ups a day, just nine push-ups. That's it to start with. Or some people, three, you know, anything. But the whole point is... Building a habit. See, really successful people, anyone that's successful in any area, is their life is built upon powerful habits. 
okay, and these habits of strength, which over time cultivate this great power and energy that is, you know, put toward a particular intent. Mm-hmm. And in doing, in following through on that, and being repetitious and disciplined, they they accomplish things, you know, again and again. Mm. So it builds up that momentum. So in order to have the motivation to start these habits, like even just to start talking to you to be like, all right, I need to do three push-ups a day because I've never done anything. Yeah. Obviously, there has to be some kind of value or goal, I guess, that they're looking to. Like, what is it in me that makes me go, fuck, I need to go see a PT or I need to learn how to write. And exactly what you've just said, people have to see the value in it. A lot of, and that can happen through questioning. Like a lot of the time I will, you know, I'll ask people, okay, what is the value that you see in, you know, eating mm. a, a clean diet, eating a pure diet? What can, what's the value you see short term? Oh, well, I'd, I wouldn't be getting sick all the time. Oh, I'd, I'd lose weight. I wouldn't be so overweight. My mind would become clearer. Right. All of a sudden, when you start seeing the value in something, only then are you going to be inclined to do it. Mm-hmm. And it can be powerful. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's because it's like, because something with money, uh, it, it comes and it goes. Something with status, it comes and it goes. With your, even your body image, you know, like, oh, I'm going to just, I want to lose 50 kilos or whatever. Yeah. I want to get slim. Like all of that shit are these, uh, in psychology, they call them extrinsic and intrinsic values. So the extrinsic value is this like kind of material result of whatever the activity was that happened. You get money for digging a hole or you get fitter because you train more. And people want to get fit. Like that's usually when people come to the gym, they're like, oh, I just want to get fit. But really the real answer is something much deeper than that. It's like my wife left me. I feel like a piece of shit. I'm getting old and I don't know how to use my body as well as I want to. I can't play with my kids the way I want to. But the easy answer is I want to get fit because that's normal and socially acceptable, whatever. But, and so we, yeah, sure, I can get you fit. Then you get fit. But does that change any of that other shit that you... Or really at the core. And I've, I think that's where self-sabotage comes from. is because we think we're doing something for a reason. Like, I need to get money because I want to go back to university. So I go to the mines. I work my ass off as much as I can. And then while I'm there, it feels good to have money. I can do whatever I want. I can buy the clothes I want. I can travel when I want to. And then I'm like, oh, maybe next year I'll go to university. Maybe next year. So mm. the thing was, wasn't... Because the short-term needs are met. Yes. So then yeah, people exactly. lose focus. This is back to... At the beginning, how saying, why do people, you know, why will they have New Year, New Me, do something for two weeks and then stop? Mm -hmm. Because they lose sight of why it is that they're doing it. Because their short-term needs get met. This is why people Mm. are constantly giving in to their weaknesses is because there's that, whether it's drinking, doing drugs, eating toxic food, it's it's that momentary, immediate gratification that people Mm. want. So once that, it's immediately made me feel okay, then I feel terrible. You know, then I feel miserable and that, but then they repeat the same process again of looking for a quick fix through things. Mm -hmm. This is people not wanting to go through that momentary bit of discomfort, short-term sacrifice and hard work to get the greater result. So yeah, does that why, make sense? Yeah, like how for they, sure. Why that's are, done with money as well. Why are we so easily like adverse to discomfort like that? Do you think? It's the easy option. You know, it's the easier option is that you know not dealing with. It's just wanting pleasure immediately yeah, rather yeah, than. Yeah. Even though when you keep yourself aligned to the greater vision, 
and you follow through and you're disciplined, then you can feel joyous and wonderful all the time. Mm. And this great sense of accomplishment because you didn't give in. You haven't been weak. Yeah, isn't that fucking funny? Because, like, the actual... For me, at least, the actual, like, joy that I... And if I could say joy, which I, I can't describe fighting as joy necessarily to me, but, like, the... I think it is. The, <laughs> maybe for... <laughs> I, most fighters do actually find joy in it. I, I can't remember... I do. I do remember feeling this, like, unbelievable feeling that is... I can't put words on, and it was just this sense of accomplishment. Yeah, that, that you're re- rejoicing was, as to what you'd just done. Yeah, it was just like... It, it was like after it was over, it's... The amount of struggle and pain and hard work and focus and dedication and determination I had to do to actually force myself to get inside that ring and get it done, after it's over, you de- like, I, I, it's so hard to put words onto it. You, can't, you physically can't that do it. Sounds like joy to me, my friend, because <laughs> you're be rejoicing joy, yeah, yeah. at what you, you know, it's, mm, it's a mm-hmm. celebration. Because it's such an that. odd thing to be excited about, I think, you know, because, you know, you've just had a fight with someone, punched him in the face. But one thing that I think, uh, is interesting about that is it's because of how hard it was that it's valuable. There is no such, um, you don't get that um, overwhelming feeling that you can't describe with words unless you had to work hard to feel it. Definitely. And, and I don't think I've ever felt that with anything. Like I don't think any time, except for on the, on the odd occasion where you get really good ecstasy, yeah. where you just take a pill and then all of a sudden you just overcome with like the amazing yeah. joy and beauty of what it is to be a human. That euphoria. Be, or and acid, really. Yeah, well. It's <laughs> a better way to describe but, it. Yeah, but that's it. So that, through that, you know, process of the fight and that all of those emotions and everything there that are involved and having gone through something so challenging that's transformative of yourself mm. because you've had to, the battle you know, and the challenges and, you know, with your mind and with your body and you've commanded yourself to do something and you've you've gotten through it where yeah. the easy option would have been to lay down and stop or just to make up an excuse and not do it. Like there's so many ways you could cop out. But yeah, when you yeah. don't, you oh. know, and you're, everything's aligned and you do it and you push through, that's that great, you know, it's the transformation through the process of that that is exhilarating. But we are so short-sighted, though, because it's, it, it's really hard in that immediate moment of resistance where you want to give up. It is so fucking hard, unless you have that really strong goal on the other side, to not give up right then. You know, like the amount of times that I've had opportunities to do things and I've been like, oh, no, it's not the right time. or what, You know, I just say no to something or don't do it. And then later I'm like, why the fuck did I not do that? Like, I just should have done it. And I, like, those, if, if there's any regret I've ever had in my life, it's always like, Oh, I'll do it next time. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'll happen soon. I'll do that later. And And then I don't do it, and it never comes around. And then I go, why the fuck did I do that? And people miss so many opportunities because of that. And, you know, usually that's because of a fear of outcome. You know, Mm. when people fear a particular outcome that, oh, no, it won't go well or or I will do do well and then what will happen? Mm. You know, so this, this fear and this, you know, continual thinking about what will or what might happen, what if this, what if that, Mm. you know, it becomes overwhelming for people. So then just to completely ignore it and not do it, you know, becomes the easier option. Yeah, yeah. Even though you're denying yourself, you know, the experience, the challenge, the growth, the, you know, other opportunities that will open up through it. Because, like, every time I've done that and felt regret later, that's the immediate time where I go and try and seek 
gratification somewhere because it yeah. leaves a hole kind of. Definitely. Yeah, well, this is what happens. People will erode themselves. The more that you make excuses yeah. in things and the more that you give in to your fears, it erodes you. Like it eats away at you. There's, yeah. That's a great you, way of not, putting it. You don't fool anyone else. You know, people think that they're fooling people and that, you know, with their lies and that. But the thing is you're not fooling anyone. You, you're fooling yourself. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's erosive. It's not going to damage anyone else. It's not going to do anything to them. It doesn't take from someone else's life. Things, but it eats away at you and it breaks you down internally because you know that you've given in to weakness again. Yeah. You know, that, ah, fucking, that is a gross feeling. Like when I feel weak, mm-hmm. when I do something that I feel embarrassed of, and then not some dumb thing, I mean, literally, when I've given in, been a coward, been weak, or given up on myself, those are my like darkest moments. They feel, it feels so bad. Yeah. I hate that feeling. And so you, that can be used as an opportunity in itself, also. You know, mm-hmm. that too is a part of the process of developing when it's used in that way, you know. Mm-hmm. So most people will will do that time and time again. But if you you can use those you know those sorts of emotions or feelings that aren't nice, you mm-hmm. know, to as like an alarm clock that tells you, okay, you've got to change your actions. This is why when people say, you know, oh, I'm sorry, or I feel really bad, or it's like, don't feel sorry, don't feel bad, just change. You know, <laughs> oh, I feel really guilty, don't feel guilty, just change. Mm. Don't be lazy and say, I'm going to wallow in my sorrow, but I'm not going to change. Mm. Oh, I feel so bad about doing this. Like, that is useless. It doesn't benefit anyone. It doesn't benefit yourself. Just change what you have to change. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? man. Yeah, fuck, that's an interesting point. And it's funny too because when you see other people doing it, it's so easy to look at them and be like, I see exactly what you're doing and you're not helping anyone. And a lot of times when people like apologize and growl, oh, fuck, I'm such a piece of shit. I shouldn't have done that. You're like, gross, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. Just, you know, you're fine. Yeah, Pull just your don't shit continue that same behavior. Yeah, and then when I do it myself, I convince myself that I'm, this is the right thing to do right now. I'll grovel, be a piece of shit, wallow in your own misery. Yeah. You know? Until you come to understand that that isn't beneficial and yeah. then you apply a new strategy. Yeah. You know, because that's... How, as you said, you can see it, you know, so clearly in other people. Mm. And, you know, often you'll look and, you know, you might think, oh, come on, you know, that isn't helpful. Just, it's really simple. Just don't do it anymore. Yeah. Well, the thing is you can use it as a powerful exercise when you do recognize it in someone else to then use it as a reflective tool because everything is a reflection. Mm. So Mm. when you recognize something in someone else, it's, you can use that, okay, where does that exist in me? Yeah, you know, sure. you might not be acting it out in the same way, but there might be on some level that you're doing the same thing in an area of your life. Mm-hmm. And so you can use it as this way of, ah, right, thanks for the reminder. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and then you make the correction in yourself around that. Yeah, fuck. I know. I, I literally, I thought, on last week's podcast, I was just talking about that. I just only recently had an experience with this where someone had mentioned something about my personality. Like six or eight months ago, I was hanging out with a group of people and my friend goes, um, Lorna just laughs at anything when she's uncomfortable. And at the time, I was authentically laughing because I was, yeah. you know, I was being cordial. I was hanging out with a group of new friends and I was trying to be fu- friendly and funny and silly. And then um, only just recently I was hanging out with a different, totally different group of people and there was a person there that was really awkward and she yeah. was just laughing all the time yeah. for no reason. And I looked at her and I just felt like this unbelievable, like hot shame in my belly. Yeah. 
because <laughs> I was like, I see what you're doing. Yeah. And I, the first, the funny part is, is the immediate reaction was judgment. Like I looked at her and I was like, fucking pull it together, you dick. This is like, yeah. And when, then I was like, oh, yeah. that's me. Yeah. <laughs> but good on you. Good on you for recognizing that because yeah. most people will look and go, how disgusting. Look at this. And they'll yeah. will want to point the finger at the other when, when really they should be pointing that finger back to themselves and going, I do that. I do oh, something. You know, right. even if it's not to the same degree, it's still a reflection. Yeah. And that's yeah, the thing yeah. is like when you, when you recognize it, it might not be as ex- – because there are some great exaggerated examples mm-hmm. of people with their behaviors and with their, you know, madness, let's say. Yeah. You know, and, you know, it is clear to see and, you know, everyone sees it. But the thing is, you know, okay, is there even a speck of that in me and in what I'm doing? You know, and then yeah. the best thing is to, to correct yourself. Well, it's funny because it's like as soon as a judgment comes up in you, and this is a Jungian thought, I think, Carl Jung, he's a um, psychologist, if anyone doesn't know, but he um, he had this idea that obviously the concept of the shadow, which is like the the other side of you that you don't want to be seen. It's the side of you that lives in the inside that occasionally pops its head up when you do something shameful or horrible that are embarrassing because you have this conception of yourself that needs to be good all the time and perfect all the time and smart all the time, funny all the time, whatever. And so then when this element of you pokes its head out and and is the thing that you've been trying to hide all the time, it makes you feel shame. So when you look at somebody else and you see that thing and you feel shame or you feel judgment or embarrassment or um, contempt towards them, 100% of the time you can almost guarantee that that's something in you that is unresolved. That's just laying dormant inside there that you don't want to deal with. You don't want to address the fact that you're kind of awkward or you're kind of a bitch sometimes or you're kind of rude to people. Yeah. You know? Yep. You, and you that wouldn't weakness, recognize you wouldn't recognize it and it wouldn't stand out to you if it didn't exist in you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or, or if you hadn't been that at some point in your life also. Yeah, and that, and that's kind of a nice thing. Like they're little signposts to change. Do you know what I mean? Like if people are kind of wondering like I do. I want to be better. I want to be happier, but I don't know how. Like a great way to figure that out is to look at people around you and see qualities that you admire, which Definitely. are qualities inside you that you haven't quite cultivated yet, or qualities that you hate in other people, which are things that you haven't resolved in yourself yet. That's it. You know, the most powerful way to do anything is is in that way is to use the world as a mirror and to be able to perfect yourself. Mm. You know, in the mirror. Mm. So, you know, but like you said, also seeing like the beauty and the strength and the power in other people, you know, and in life and, you know, where your focus goes, energy flows. So whatever you're putting your attention to constantly, you're feeding with your energy Mm. and, you know, in doing so that is going to call that from within you. So when you're constantly putting your eye to people's strengths and to beauty and power, you're going to awaken that and develop that more in yourself. Hmm. Whereas if you're constantly looking, blaming, you know, looking at weakness, focusing on that, that's what you're going to develop more of. Mm, mm. Yeah, and there's that, this kind of neurotic tendency to be like, oh, I do that. Oh, I do that. You know, and it's a difference between like, oh, I do that. I should fix it. Yeah, in a technical way, that's it. It's yeah, because exactly. I tend to, there are definitely times when I'm feeling like low self-esteem and I notice that somebody's doing something awkward or gross or whatever and I go, oh, my God, that's me. I do that. And then I'll get it locked in my head like, oh, I'm a piece of shit. I probably shouldn't yeah. hang out with people. <laughs> and go into a story about it. Yeah, rather yeah. than dealing with it technically, 
recognizing it, not going into, you know, beating yourself up about it or, mm. oh, that is me. It's like, well, if you say so, this, you know, what people are constantly going, oh, I'm always like that. Mm. Oh, I'm always doing that. But this is the thing. Anything you say after I am helps to form your personality, form your identity. Yeah. If you're constantly saying, oh, I'm weak, I'm, I'm always like that, I'm, it's like you sure are. You're creating it. Yeah. So at any time, you can choose to change that. You can start speaking to yourself in a more powerful way. Mm. See, once you recognize that, okay, that's a behavior that I've been doing, you know, oh, I'm like that. Well, I will no longer be like that. Yeah. I am this. Mm. And change, you know, that focus and change the language that you're using. And then obviously change your behavior also. Align yourself to that. Mm-hmm. You know, say, you know, I'm strong, I'm powerful. I'm courageous, you know, I'm relaxed. And then anywhere where you're not being that, correct it. Align yourself to that and be that. Mm. You know, it's not about positive thinking or, or saying, you know, I'm victorious or I'm strong and then acting like a weak person. Okay? <laughs> you were going to say cunt then. <laughs> but rather saying it and then being it. Yeah. You know, yeah. then it's not this, it's not believing anything, it's just saying it and being it. Yeah. You know, you have to be reflective to do this. You have to create rituals in your day where you pause and you align yourself. You know, you align your mind and say, okay, where is my focus? Mm. Okay. When you do this and you become the watcher of your mind, you'll notice that, okay, for the last you know, four hours I've been focusing about this one little thing that someone said to me and I've been on in this story in my head repeatedly mm. again and again saying, oh, I'm a piece of shit, oh, I'm no good, oh, I'm not good enough, oh, I'll never get that, you know, over and over. Yeah, fuck. So it's not until you create these rituals and create a space to stop and go, where is my focus? And then, okay, you notice that that's where it is and then you bring it back. You come back to being centred you know, breathe, and then put your focus to what you want rather than what you fear. And how do you think, how do people go about defining what they want? You know, we've been talking a lot about the vision. The vision is so important for keeping these goals in line and and keeping yourself on track. And so, like, if you do find yourself caught up in a negative feedback loop, how do you, how are you cultivating this vision? So I'm into, I'm into keep it really simple. So rather than saying I'm weak, I'm not, I'm not good enough, I'm afraid, I'm anxious, I'm nervous, I'm depressed, blah, blah, blah. All those things that get people into this really disempowered state. You shift that and, okay, well, is that what I want? No. Obviously, no one wants to be that. So mm. I'm strong. I'm well, calm. I'm certain. For argument's sake, let's just go. This is a state of being that I've been in previously and find myself in traps of this because I thought it was cool to be a shy, confused artist. How did that work out? Yeah, miserable. Yeah. Fucking miserable. Like to the point of like <laughs> suicidal tendencies. <Yeah. laughs> it was bad. Yeah. So because my value yeah. at the time was I need to be interesting, intellectual, artistic, and deep. Yeah. You know, so like I'm thinking of people that have killed themselves when they were 27. I'm yeah. thinking of um, people that died of drug overdoses that were like, creative masterminds but they were fucking nuts and miserable yeah and so i was tuning my life to that yep because you thought you had to be that in order to be successful be a great yes. artist like they were yeah. well this this is the thing is 
why could you not still be that creative, amazing artist but master your mind? Because mm. these people, they didn't master their mind. Their mind got to the better of them. They gave in to weakness and, you know, what? they were ruled by their mind. Mm. That's not to take anything from what they did, which was incredible and amazing. Of course, they had their wonderful strengths. Otherwise, mm. they wouldn't have produced, you know, such incredible creative work. But they also had a great weakness, obviously, which wasn't developed. Mm. And so you can keep all of the strengths and keep all the great qualities, but also mm. develop you know, the ability to discipline your mind. You do find it a lot in creative people also. I know that we've spoken about this before. You know, most, a lot of creative people that I've spoken with, they think that being disciplined or having discipline is going to take from their creativity. Whereas that's not the case at all. It is discipline enhances creativity. Mm. You know, discipline gives you that structure and that ability to, you know, create li- chosen limitation to be able to pour your creativity through. Mm. You know, so it is. It's it's developing again discipline. Mm. You know, to to raise the weakness. You know, and develop it so that it is a strength. You know, aligned and matching of your creative strength. Yeah. Wow. Do you know when you're speaking like that? It just reminded me that most of the artwork that I find kind of most impressive and music is the same, is when it is so thorough, you know, like an idea is so thoroughly thought through that it's it's really singular. It's just this one specific idea. This is the whole concept in poetry, is that you're meant to get this concept across with a bare minimum of words. No, trim all the fat, no bullshit. When it is reduced, when it's reduced and potent like that. It is incredible, man. Yeah. Like, I've just been watching this TV series uh, on Netflix because people, so many people have told me I need to watch this because it, they think that it would be interesting to me, but I never listen to anyone's advice because I'm like, as if I'm going to listen to it, watch a popular TV series. I'm like, I got, I'm too busy in my life. Yeah. Turns out it's one of the best fucking things I've ever seen in my okay. life. Should have listened yeah. a lot earlier. <laughs> but um, it's called Black Mirror. Have you seen it? I haven't, no. Mm, it's like... It's a Netflix series that not each individual episode is its own story all on its own. So there's no like leading on to the next yeah. episode. You could pick it up at episode 35 and it wouldn't matter. It's just a story in itself. They're yeah. completely self-contained. And they're psychological thrillers, I guess you'd call it. And they take an idea, one tiny idea, like what would it be like if every single one of your experiences was constantly recorded and you could recall every men- memory at any second and play it before your own eyes? Yeah. What would that be like? And then they create an entire story, a 45-minute episode based purely on that idea. So it's a cool concept. It's an idea that it's like an idea that a bunch of stoned people sitting around would be like, fuck, what would it be like if this happened? It was. <laughs> and then they took that yeah. idea and drilled it into all its nuanced detail, like the finest of detail, and then wrote this kind of fucking beautiful story around it, and it's shot beautifully. They use really nice cameras. And sometimes, like some of the episodes you're watching, you think the actors are shit because they're using weird language or they're, they're talking kind of stilted ways. And every element of that is leading to the final punchline, to the story at the end, like every single little detail. That So the whole time you're, you're being smug, like, oh, fucking stupid episode, yeah. using real corny script or whatever. And then it turns out that that's exactly what this essence of this story is yeah it's the most and the reason why it's 
so mind blowing is because they've taken such a direct line of focus yeah. into one singular idea. Yeah. It's so powerful, man. They're absolutely incredible. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's a great example of it. Mm. And, I, and I've noticed it, um, you know, like with my drawings and stuff, sometimes I feel like there's too much going on and I can't really understand why. And, I, and I'll make a drawing and I just keep going with it. It doesn't feel great, so something kind of feels a little bit off, but I'll just keep going, keep going, because I, again, like with, I know that just practice making lines is going to make me better at making lines. So yep. just continuing to draw is a good thing. I just need to show up and I need to keep doing it. Yep. Some days it just flows right out of me immediately and other days I'm like, I don't know what's happening here. It's not yep. working, but I'm just going to keep drawing lines. And then I look down and I notice it's really congested. It doesn't feel like anything. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't have any direction or purpose. Yep. And the conversations are the same. Yep. You know, like uh, if you can take this one singular idea, like what we're talking about, this element, this idea of what it takes for a person to be better as a human and all of the shit that goes wrong with it. I mean, we've been talking for 34 minutes now about one idea about why people don't follow through on their New Year's resolutions. Yeah. And in how many ways we've looked at that. Yeah. Like there is a fucking, the, the human brain that it can sabotage itself, like that we think we're doing something for a reason. And then really the underlying reason behind all of what we're actually doing is a totally different thing. Yeah. And so that ability to, to remain focused on that, you mm. know, that chosen intent, that initial intent, right, this is what I'm going to do. Mm. You know, when people set out at the beginning... This is what I'm going to do. Do you, for, for argument's sake, do people, um, do you ever find that people can get too tunnel vision and lose sight of nuance or yeah, opportunity? Of course, that, that can happen, definitely. And people can become fixated on an outcome, on one particular outcome. You know, this is why, you know, I'll say to people, don't have, you know, don't have a goal or don't have, you know, one rigid a plan, you know, but rather know a direction and then, you know, allow the way to unfold. Mm. Like know, know your outcome, know the result that you're, that you're heading toward, which is, you know, to be, let's say in a fight, yep, to be victorious. So you don't need a rigid plan of saying, right, I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this, he's mm. going to do this, then I'm going to do that, and mm -hmm. then that's how I'm going to win. Mm. But rather, no, no, I'm victorious. That, I'm victorious and have that certainty. That is my chosen intent is to be victorious then you, you obviously you put in the work, you do the training, and then you allow how that unfolds in the fight, you know, to happen as it does naturally mm. by just remaining present and seeing the opportunities, seeing the openings and immersing yourself in the task, mm. but with that initial intent of being victorious. Yeah, so setting that vision, whatever that vision is. And, and I sorry, I don't know if I ever let you get back to how we define a vision you said keep it simple originally which is kind of you know just using more clear thinking and talking to yourself but in terms of like practice like if I if I was just going to sit down and be like I'm coming up with a vision today for my life where a direction I want to go in I want to yeah. set an outcome that I'm interested in how do you get somebody to start thinking so that way rather than having to get really you know specific on everything has to be this way there has to be this and there has to be this and this and this person you know and complicating it that way if you bring it back to okay I want my life to be balanced I want it to be peaceful you know I want to be relaxed I want there to be enjoyment of experience I want to you know if you keep it simple that way I want to mm. feel strong and healthy and well you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and enjoy good experience that 
you know, rather than getting into the tiny little details. Yeah, yeah, I see. You know, and then, okay, so if I want if I want these things to be balanced and harmonious, okay, what do I need to do right now to accomplish that? Okay, well, I need to balance my body first. I need to remove the things that are unbalancing me. I need to remove the toxic food. I need to re- remove the the chemicals that I'm ingesting every weekend and sometimes <laughs> into the week to keep me going through, yeah, you know, yeah. or, you know, the alcohol. Okay, so if I can remove these things that are disrupting and taking from my balance. Mm. So then my body will come back into balance. At the same time, my mind will start to become clearer. So then I can actually focus, mm. right? You know, in this simple way, if you go through, right, what do I need to do now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Once you've then established balance, you know, then you'll have this ability to focus better. Okay, so now I can put my focus to the next step, mm. you know, and mm. go through it in, in that simple process. Yeah, it's fucking interesting because that when you're feeling bad, it's really hard to uh, imagine yourself being any better. I find like, you know, if you get kind of stuck in that thing, like... I, I know I need to be better, but I just don't believe that I can. Yeah. I think there's so much doubt when you're feeling bad mm. that can, that, and it, I almost feel like it's a survival mechanism for your doubt in a way. Like if it was a little character that lived in my head, like this little green goblin that lived inside yeah, there, it's like, that. you know what I mean? It's like a thing that lives in there and it's, it's full self-protection mechanism. It's like, if you don't doubt anymore, I'm going to disappear. So I'm going to constantly be feeding yeah, well, that you is, reasons that's, that why. Is, that's the ego and that's this yeah, story. Well. This is the little child in you, you know. Mm-hmm. If I use you as an example just for the sake of this conversation. But, you know, if you were to say, okay, well, that little green thing, let's say that's little Lorna, that's the girl. You know, that the conditioned way of thinking that, okay, everything is out to get me. You know, the world's an unsafe place. I'm a piece of shit. I don't, you know, I'm not good enough. You know, that's like this voice of the child that if I throw a tantrum, if I get upset, that'll get me what I want. You know, this is how most people as kids grow up thinking, okay, if I throw a tantrum, you see it a lot with people like, there's males that I deal with that'll like if I get angry and if I, you know, become mm. really vocal and lose my temper that that'll get me what I want. But wow. really, it's this it's this the child in people that yeah. this voice of the child continues in their mind, you know, throughout their day. So really they grow into adult bodies, but they're still operating as this conditioned child, the voice of the child, which thinks Why? that by by it's conditioning. They they haven't learned any better. They haven't been disciplined so they haven't either they haven't learned discipline through an external source whether it's a parent or through a martial art or some sort of you know or art or some sort of practice they haven't developed discipline mm. you know they haven't learned that so normally when that's you know learned through an external source if you go to a teacher of some sort that you know you're there oh I don't want to do that get do it get down now all of a sudden oh it silences the voice. The weak voice gets silenced by the corrective voice of the teacher. Now, this. Stop it. This. Mm. Oh. Over time, what happens is through that engagement, you de- the person develops their own corrective voice, their own voice of strength. So yeah, then you've okay. got these two voices in, in mind. One is the voice of the child. One is the parent voice. Yeah. Okay. 
And the more that you correct that voice of the fearful child again and again, and it requires this repetition, discipline, and just being onto it, Mm -hmm. not allowing this voice to continually go into these stories that get you into the disempowered state. Hmm. You know, most people don't ever develop that voice of their, you know, stronger self, of their adult self, of the parent, if you will. Mm. They don't develop that. Yeah, and I wonder, it's probably because it's kind of easier to use something else as your parent voice. Like, um, a like th- say that teacher is telling yeah. you to do something. You just go, okay, I can only do it if the teacher tells me to. Rather than, like, taking that teacher's learning or uh, learnings and then putting them inside your head as that teacher's voice and taking it away with you. Instead, they go, I can't train unless I have a PT telling me, or I can't learn unless I have a teacher showing me. And, and that's a part of the process too. And to, you know, it has to be also be explained that, you know, I had had this conversation with a client of mine this morning, you know, around this correction and that the whole point is to develop self-correction to then, you know, none of us need anyone or anything outside of ourselves. We don't need anyone, but there is this very powerful tool of having a teacher to develop it. You know, it speeds up the process, helps you to develop it. And this client and many of my clients will say that they often hear my voice when they go to do something (laughs) or when they start thinking something and they go to react and keep the same thing, story going. Then they hear my voice, you know, say, no, cut it out. It's this, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... You know, over time, that voice becomes their voice. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? It really, it's yeah, awake. Sure. It's, I'm being the voice of reason. I'm being that disciplinarian until they cultivate their own internal voice of reason and discipline. You know, then they have the ability to be able to, you know, correct their mind, you know, instantaneously in the moment rather than react and keep the same thing going. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. That makes perfect sense. Well, yeah, because I think, I mean, people generally tend to, in the same way, even if it's just not a teacher like that, they'll defer responsibility to the government or defer responsibility to their boss or whatever, you know, in the same way because they haven't learned that voice. But one thing that's interesting about that too is that um, you can also, I guess, by experiencing a teacher, somebody who tells you to shut the fuck up and do it, um, you can also start to differentiate between people that have got bad intentions and good intentions because there's also that where it's like, you don't want to be the person that's like, Oh, okay. You know, like someone tells you to do something, you go, "Ah." no, that, that, and you know, and that's it, but you wouldn't know which one's which unless you do it and start developing that in your own self. I imagine. Well, you're informed by the result, you know, nothing speaks better than result. So if you apply what someone is teaching you and your life, is turning around all of a sudden your things are becoming harmonious and you know everything's improving then that's a pretty good indicator that okay this is this working. this is there's something in this yeah, you know? yeah whereas you know the opposite if you start following what someone is saying and you're applying it and you know things are becoming more destructive or you know you're not having success in any area or not growing and developing then obviously you know not it's not appropriate yeah yeah but if you if you if people look and see okay who is saying this to me you know am i going to accept what this person is saying are they living it you know if you look at most people and go well 
you're overweight, your life's in disarray, you're a bit of a head case and you're constantly talking about drama and, you know, there's this toxicity, but you're, you're telling me what I should do to better my life or my health. Mm. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, this, fucking because dangerous. this is everywhere. Like, yeah. you know, that's a great way to... To, if you're wanting to choose a particular teacher or, or you know, be open to, okay, is this something that I want to take on or apply myself, you know, look and go, okay, well, are they living it? You know, yeah, there's no man. no teaching like example. Yeah. So you, that's it. it is when you find people that have, you know, that are living it, that, that are, are accomplishing the particular results that you want, then, again, that's a great indicator that there must be something in this. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, because the, the, like that, there is such a real tendency for people to get sucked into cults and weird yeah. shit because they don't have like either they're so lost and needing, you know that feeling where somebody's like, this is going to cure you, like yeah. this is going to fix it, this yeah. is the only way. I I started going to um, Buddhist meditation a group once a week. Is that in the circle? The yeah, the the old oh, circle the jerk. Thing. No, oh. the circle jerk was a different thing. Okay. Another thing that could have solved all my life's problems, but I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so this is the like a Buddhist center uh, down here on the Gold Coast, and I just go there once a week and have um, listen to a teaching. We do a meditation to start with. We listen to a teaching. There's a meditation at the end, and then I come home. Yep. And um, I went there, and I couldn't believe like how nice it felt to just meditate, to sit in a chair. Yep. And having this person sitting there going, okay, now close your eyes. You're not allowed to leave for 20 minutes. You're going to sit there. You don't move. Yep. And you do this thing. Because I can... Excellent. I have the option of meditating all day yep. if I want to. You know what I mean? I, I could do it anytime I want to. But for some reason, I won't get to that level of deep state meditation because there's too many things that I will distract myself with here yeah. in my life. So when I go into that room, that's what I'm there for. That's the only thing I'm allowed to do. So I just do it. Yep. And that is so powerful. Like I felt incredible after the, each meditation, but then I'd be sitting there listening to the teaching and it, I can't, it's just that same thing that every religion has ever told me this is the only way, we're the only pure teaching, we've got the only school yeah. that's the right thing. If you accept this way of teaching, then all of your life's problems are solved, you know? So it's it becomes corrupted. Culty, yeah. 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 It's like the, the beautiful moment of silence and ha just being there in a room with people that, yeah. are, that are like focused on one task. That was perfect. But then you feel like you have to fill the space with this teaching. Yeah. And, you know, and then they're selling workshops it's and stuff. It's trying to and keep, like, you, keep you dependent on it also. Yeah. You know, but it is, there's that... It, it all it does become corrupted but mm. that's it so at its core though like you know what you did creating that opportunity for some stillness mm. you know to empty out it's so important so valuable and i'll do this with my clients is get them to create these rituals in their day you know mm. it doesn't have to be any huge amount of time or anything you know it can be as small as one minute to start with stand and take nine breaths just mm. being aware of your breathing you know, when the mind wanders off on this, you know, from the momentum that it's gathered and obsessive thinking, you bring it back and just breathe. So mm. it can start that small. But again, the the key is to be repetitious with it, is to do it daily, is to build a habit. You know, really that's yeah. what discipline is, is the, the, fa the creation mm. of habit. Mm. So when you create this habit of stopping and centering yourself and coming back into balance, you know, that's something that 
anyone anywhere can do uh, at any time. Stop, it's so stand fucking still easy. It's just one weird. minute. Well, it's fear that stops people. It's this fear that. So I'll do this with clients, and I'll take them through it. Right, stand. Okay, you know, align your body correctly. So correct your posture. Shoulders mm. are above your hips. You know, and then breathe nine breaths, and I'll take them through it slowly. And at the end, I'll say, "How do you feel?" Oh, I feel really calm. Wow, mm. I feel really relaxed. Like, yeah. There you go. That's after just one minute. And then it's like, okay, I want you to do this daily, you know. But people's mind is what stops them from doing it, even though they have experienced the great result. Yeah. You know, because the mind, the fearful child, carries on and goes, oh, I don't have time for this shit. I don't have time for this. No, I've got to get stuff done. If I'm not doing this... And it's this fear that things won't get done if I'm not rushing around. Yeah. It's like everyone with their busyness, you know. Yeah. You say, oh, I have been, oh, I've been so busy, been so busy. Oh, yeah, really busy. Good on you. You know, what? Putting out spot fires that you've started. You know, <laughs> yeah. like by getting around and doing things without your full attention. It's like doing things half-fast and then going on rushing and doing the next thing, then doing the next thing. Mm. Then you've got to go back and clean up after yourself and, Because I didn't see this through, it created this issue. And then there's this, you know, all this busyness, you know. But it's it's that fear mentality that if I'm not doing it and forcing it to happen, then it won't happen, you know. If I'm not rushing around, then I'm not productive. Yeah, and that's like outrunning your own life. It is. It's far from productive, you know. It's That's the equivalent of someone in a fight running around like this going, oh, and thinking that that is being you know, productive when fighting or that is going to get them the result rather than being balanced, relaxed and centred and then striking powerfully from there. Letting it come. My feeling with that is if I'm not doing something in my downtime, I'm not making use of my time. I feel like I'm not... I Like because I could be learning another song on my guitar, I could be drawing, I could be working more on my podcast, I could be doing research, I could be reading another book, whatever it is. How about relaxing and emptying out? Yeah. See, this is the thing is it's, you know, there's a process to everything. It's the same as, you know, when eating. It's like you eat food for it to be digested and then absorbed and then eliminated. You know, it can't just be in this constant state of just eating. You know, otherwise mm, you mm. disrupt that process and then there won't be any absorption because the dis- the digestion's been disrupted. And then, you know, elimination, like there's, it it interferes with that process. You know, yeah. every each part of the process is imperative to the whole ecosystem. Yeah, and wow. for things to work and for you to have great metabolism and great utilisation and, you know, generation of energy, each part of that process is so important. Mm. You know, if you're if you don't eliminate for a couple of days, your body becomes very toxic. Yeah. You know, and then so does your mind. Mm. So you know, each part is so important. So people in their days, people fear stopping. You know, because they think if they're not forcing it to happen, that it won't happen. Whereas, it's relaxation that enables you to conserve energy. To then, when it, the timing is right, to be able to act in a powerful way, yeah, and do things. Does that make sense? Fuck yeah, yeah. So if you look wow. at things, if you look at things as if it was a training session, if you look at your day as if it was a training session, 
and you know with a training session two things that people will very often overlook is warming up and cooling down you know stretching mm. at the end people they don't they get there to the gym and they'll do you know some quick half-assed warm-up it's not even a warm-up and then they just want to get straight into the training they just want to get in and do yeah. you know yeah. and then they do that and then they finish oh i gotta go and then yeah. they, they'll go so there isn't this process because they don't see the value in it. They, mm. they overlook warming up, which is a preparation. You know, when you warm up, you are, you are bringing your mind into your body. You're getting that connection with your breathing. You are loosening and freeing up your muscles. You're opening up these pathways in the body. You're preparing yourself to then be able to develop technique, develop strength, whatever it is, but do so in the most effective way. Mm. So that's the training component then is in the middle. That's the active part that people do and the only part they want to do. (laughs) Then after that, the other bit that is overlooked is the cooling down and stretching down, which is really a way of, you know, eliminating, you know, the chance of injury or coming back into your body. It's a reflective thing, if anything, as to what you've just done. You know, you're calming your mind and body after Mm. everything being so intense you're stretching, which is opening up these pathways, increasing your flexibility, which frees up your mind also. But people overlook that, mm. you know. Oh, no, that's not going to do it. And yeah. so you see, if you look at your day in that same way, uh-huh. people, people will wake mm-hmm. up in the morning. And so this is what I will do. The most powerful way is, okay, when I wake in the morning, I am going, that's my, my warm-up. When I wake up, I'm going to align my body. I'm going to create posture in my body, which is my stance. So I'll align my body in posture and then I'll also create a posture of mind by, you know, aligning myself to, okay, today I move through the day in grace. Everything moves to perfection through creation and destruction. That's me aligning myself to the nature of all things, that everything's always working harmoniously. Mm. There's nothing to be fearful of things going wrong because everything always works out. So I create this stance in both my body and my mind and then I enter the day, Mm. you know. So in that I also connect with my breathing, which, you know, helps to create this calm and relaxed and powerful state, Mm. ready to be able to think, focus and, you know, in the active part of the day. So then there's the middle of the day where you do what you have to do. And then, so that's like the warm-up, yeah, of the day, that Mm. preparation, preparing for a successful day. Yeah. You go through the day, then at the end of the day, there's the ritual of the cooling down and the stretching. So I will actually stretch. I'll stretch, but I'll also, again, with posture and breathing, to calm my mind and to bring myself back to, okay, where is my focus? Mm. You know, but this, you know, end part, the cooling down and, you know, stretching down is also a part of elimination. You know, it's, yeah. it's your mind emptying out after the day's events. If your focus has gone to one particular challenge that you have been over-analytical about or focused on without even knowing it, you know, and this is going over and over in your mind, creating this opportunity at the end of the day to be able to let go of that is the same as when standing or stretching, running your awareness through your body and feeling where there's any tension or rigidity And breathing and releasing it. So you're then releasing any tension or anything that you've held throughout the day in your body. 
And at the same time, you're letting go in your mind because the body's reflective of the mind. These pathways that run throughout your body also run throughout your mind. Yeah. So when you hold on to an idea, you know, many times it's this fearful idea is that people will hold throughout the day of something going wrong or that someone said this or whatever it is. That gets held in the body as this tension and creates these blocks and this rigidity. Mm. So if you don't create the opportunity to be able to connect with your body, feel where that is, breathe through and release, then you're not eliminating, you know? Yeah. Does that all make sense? Fuck yeah, man. That's a great analogy. Just this this process, you know, people don't follow processes and they don't see the value in each part of the process. Mm. People just become fixated on the result, think that it's only through acting and doing this and trying to force it that it's going to happen. Mm. So they overlook these other very important parts of it. Yeah, yeah, man. Wow. So that relaxation is one of the biggest things. And so relaxing, see, you can't let go unless there's sense of relaxation. So whether mm. it's something that you're holding in your body, some tension, you know, people will hold a lot of tension in their, up in their traps, you know, mm. or in their neck. If, you, if you're not creating the opportunity to be able to become aware that that's where you're holding it and relax, you know, then there won't be this emptying out. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, you, the more that you do it, the, the more that it becomes an enjoyable part. It's like when people first yeah. lay down at night, when their head first hits the pillow and their mind is just is racing. Their mind is racing with everything that's happened in the day. And people fear this. Oh, shit, it's, there it is. It's, it's going. It's, oh, no, I shouldn't be thinking that. Mm. They avoid the opportunity that is, ah, great. This is, this, is my, this is my mind emptying. This is my chance to allow my mind to empty out mm. and to correct it in knowledge. You know, it's that voice of the fearful child that, oh, this didn't happen, this should have happened, oh, they, this person said this, and this shouldn't have, oh, this isn't going to work, oh, what if this never... Slowing it down, mm. taking a breath. No, that doesn't matter. No, everything always works out. No, I will address that tomorrow. You mm. know, th- th- it's this process that when you welcome it, yeah, wow. when you welcome it as this elimination... You can look forward to it and go, ah, oh, great, here it is. Let What nonsense is there that I need to let go of? Yeah. And then as it's coming through, you correct it. When you do this, you'll notice that, great, you've addressed everything. There's no more nonsense there. And then you can just drift off into this peaceful sleep. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like clearing out your email inbox by the end of the day. Like I I knew I had jobs where it was so important that that all the emails were done for the day. And there was always that feeling of like by getting towards the end of the day and I'd cleared out all the inbox, I folded everything, I'd put everything away where it needed to go. And it's just like, you know, like I have a, it's a cleansing type of process. It is. That's amazing because I've never really employed that unless I was in crisis mode. Like if I'm laying in bed and I'm, I'm racing, my brain's racing, I will do a meditation purely to like deal with the chaos. Yep. But in, under normal circumstances, I don't make it a natural ritual. And it's fucking stupid too because it feels so good to do it. it, it I really love does. doing it. So when you do it. it, when you do it, are you just, are you just 
letting the thoughts go or are you are you correcting it because this is what a lot of people will will go you just you just let it go you just just ignore it don't judge it let it go but the thing is if it will come back if it's this fear underlying and it's this you know thought that's there and you you don't address it in knowledge then it will come back again you know mm-hmm. so the process can be done in yep allow the thoughts to come out but then the same it's back to this correcting the voice of the child it's no it's this like mm-hmm. if a child is th- carrying on and throwing a tantrum no but i want to burn the house down no but mm-hmm. I, why can't i i want to no now stop it you can't the house needs we need to live in the house you can't <laughs> yep sounds like fun but no mm. oh but i want and it'll they'll want to argue it and then again you just calmly with certainty correct it mm. and then all of a sudden it stops mm. Mm. yeah there's two elements to that i suppose i mean only obviously speaking from my own personal experience but like when i have those thoughts there's an element of indulgence in me that enjoys the flutter that it gives me. Yeah, people get addicted to their feelings. You so, know, really. Yeah, there's like that little thing and then I can feel myself like, you know, like ru- running with a fantasy because yeah. I'm curious about like, ooh, how would that play out? What's that going to be like? And then I'll, I'll find myself kind of lost in a daydream that I've invented and then I have to remember, oh, yeah, no, no, come back. You're okay. That's not real. Like, and one of the main things I always just say is like, is that real? Is that true? Yeah. What's the evidence? No. Okay. Yeah. And then you kind of let it go. But the other thing that I do is more, more often in crisis mode, like last night I, I had a fucking pretty serious crisis. Almost before, just when we were talking, I started talking about Black Mirror and I almost had a panic attack in here with you. I had to take a big deep breath just then because I was like, oh, I'm going to fucking lose it. Yeah. It's because in the middle of the night last night I woke up and I'm, I'm thinking that I might be getting like adult night terrors. Yeah. I'm not really sure what the fuck is going on, but like, of course you are. Yeah. <laughs> lately, yeah. whatever the fuck this thing is, I wake up in the middle of the night in like a severe state of panic. Yeah, and there's nothing that can. What's it about? And I don't know what it's about. This one last night specifically was that I've lost my mind. Yeah, I'm schizophrenic. Yeah, I have, and because I watched this fucking crazy episode of Black Mirror where the world was. You know, like they were trapped in this thing. Yeah. Trapped in a simulation, essentially. Was this before you went to sleep? No. So I fell asleep, and then I woke up in the middle of the night. So I had been asleep, and then I woke up, but I didn't wake all the way up. Yeah. Like, I was awake, but I was still felt like I was kind of halfway stuck in a dream. did you watch it before you went to sleep? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, sorry, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I watched so it could before I went to very bed. well just be that that was the last thing that you'd fed your mind with. Yeah. And then... And then, obviously, that's what's there in your consciousness. So when once you're asleep, you know, it's that's there. You know, you know what I mean? It's like many times if people, if that's the last thing that you're feeding yourself when you're in this relaxed, receptive state, you know, yeah. getting closer to sleep, then that's going to be there. Yeah. You know? It, so it, yeah, it's like it, that I... Maybe I, stop watching that show before <laughs> you go to bed. Or if you still want to enjoy, watch the show, you know, and enjoy that. And then, and then perhaps center yourself yeah. before going to bed and feed yourself with some rational, you know... Corrective thought, okay, before, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that it's the, that's what you're feeding yourself before 
you know, resting Yeah, because it, it is, it's like you get into this kind of like your theta state waves, you're so relaxed, you're just watching yeah. and absorbing information. And yeah. then it was like, it sculpted my version of reality. Yeah. And then I was laying in my, my bed and the, the main panic that comes up for me, and this is one of the ones that I've kind of run from my whole life um, and I'm always afraid of, is that I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. I'm really terrified that I've got mental problems. Yeah. Well, th- <laughs> well that's what really, in essence, we're, we're speaking about right here is regaining control over the mind. Mm. You know, is mm-hmm. using the mind as the creative tool that it is, mm. is understanding that you're not a victim, your mind doesn't control you, mm. you know, unless you allow it to. This is, this is why discipline is the key, because discipline is self-rule and self-mastery. It is the ability to use your mind and your body as the powerful vehicles and tools that they are. Wow. You know, that is that is my work with people, is that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and it's done through this, through discipline and repetition and this constant, continual correction of your mind, which, you know, initially some people will say, oh, but isn't that, you know, isn't that such hard work and like isn't that, you know, really rigid, you know, discipline? Yeah, it's yeah. It's like, no, 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 it is what enables freedom because you're trapped mm. and fearful in you know in your this toxicity of your mind you know mm. all of those you know that rampant voice in your little skull you know unless yeah. you have discipline and control over your mind mm. you know so really it is liberating it, it is freedom at its best is when you have control over your mind because yeah. it's your mind that creates everything you know, that's a thing to align yourself to at the beginning of each day. Mm. I am creating this. I am the creator, you mm. know, because we all are. We all create our own lives through our perception. And so it's only when you regain control over that voice mm. in your head and you develop this voice, you grow the voice so that it's not just the conditioned voice that you, you know, that you developed, you know, as a kid. And, and continue your whole life with that voice. Many yeah. people do. Yeah, yeah. And many of those people experience life as a victim. Oh, every, you know, throwing tantrums and, oh, this is going wrong and, mm-hmm. you know, wallowing in, you know, their misery. Whereas when you regain control and go, no, I'm creating this. And you choose through your definitions and the language that you use how you experience each and everything. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, and it clears out a lot of the clutter. It clears out a lot of the bullshit because I guess without any of that fear and stories and nonsense and chaos, you can just look at what's exactly happening right now and deal with it as it's required. Exactly, because as, for as long as that, that voice is running rampant and you're stuck in your head, you're not even seeing what is. Mm. You're mm-hmm. seeing everything through this filter of the past. You know, mm. you're stuck in this story and... It changes everything. So you're not even living, really. You're not even experiencing things as they are. It's only when you can silence that voice, mm. you know, and correct that voice and reduce it back to its purity that you are then able to have this awareness and this focus on what is. And, you know, then you're enjoying life and you can work with life. That's yeah, when, yeah, yeah. That's when you'll see these opportunities. It's not oppor- running you. Yeah, exactly. You'll see these opportunities and, mm. you know, you'll be able to deal with challenge in a joyous way, mm. you know, because that's all a part of it. 
When you were talking before, you were saying um, you need to control your mind. Yeah. And my whole last podcast was about the concept of the self. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is the self? What is this thing that we define as us? What yeah. makes you, you? Yeah. So we create, so it's, there's who and there's what. Mm. So there's who, who you are, you know, who you are is the person. So who you are is, is how you present, is the person that you create. What you are is this essence behind that, mm. is your awareness. You know, that is consciousness, that life, you know, that is that eternal spirit that is behind, you know, the watcher. So you create who you are from what you are. Mm. So you're this eternal spirit, you know, this limitless potential, and then you create, you know, your form. So, you know, through how you see yourself, you know, your thoughts, your actions, your behaviour, all of that. Mm. You know, so, okay, who am I? I'm strong. I'm confident. I am, you know, I'm a, I'm a warrior. I'm a healer. I am whatever it is. You, you folk, that is how you create yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you do that daily through, again, through your thoughts, your actions. Yeah, so you're not... Uh, I mean, obviously, you're saying that you're definitely not defined by your actions, but that's how you manifest yourself kind of in this definitely, world. Definitely, yeah. If, as a thought experiment, like what is, what does it feel like to be you in particular? Like if you were to say... Me? Yeah, you personally. Like, <laughs> what is it? What is it that makes you you? You're saying that you need to be the observer to be immediately engaged. What does that observer feel like? What is that observer? With that awareness itself, do you mean? Yeah. So, well, when there is no thought and you reduce yourself back to that essence and mm. it's like if you ask, what, how can I be aware that I'm aware, you know, and you get yourself mm. back to removing any thought or any language, you know, because you can only have thought where there's language. Right. So if you take that away... And you've just got this presence behind it, just this focus, just this awareness there. And I think it, it tends to make people feel a bit anxious thinking about that because their self is defined by this being. Yeah. And when you when you kind of get rid of all that and everything that defines who you are and who you think you are and you know like your Tinder fucking Tinder bio. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like how how do I? I don't have one, mind you. If that <laughs> yeah, not Lorna your. Lorna didn't mean me. But I mean, that's where this whole thought came from. Recently, it's because I've obviously we're doing this silly challenge for Manuary, and we yeah. have to go and sell ourselves on the internet to people. And it's such a funny concept because I am acutely aware that my stuff that I say about me isn't me. It's got nothing to do with me, the self that yeah. I am. You know what I mean? It's such an odd thing. So like to, in order to not play the game, then I'll just write something stupid and silly. But yeah. what I'm doing there again is playing that character yeah. of the silly person. Yeah. You know, like it's so hard to escape yourself because yourself is this like r- ritualized habits. Yeah. So this is the thing. That's die. like when you say that people have this anxiety and, you know, dis- unease about, you know, disappearing about disappearing well i i find it incredibly enjoyable and i think that it's a really i just i embrace it it's a it's a great thing because once you come back to that understanding and you through experience realize this doesn't even matter i'm yeah. not i am i'm not just this there is i am this i'm eternal this is 
You know what I mean? Then there's, but it's that fear of death that, yeah. that, that makes people not want to let go of that. But it can be so peaceful and so enjoyable to to relax into that. Yeah, man. There's um there's a great philosopher called um Camus, C A M U S. He wrote uh, a little essay called The Myth of Sisyphus, and the myth this whole essay is about suicide and why what what is the nature of suicide and should people kill themselves or not? And and it, really he said the only thing that matters in the entire human condition is whether suicide is important or not. <laughs> and because it really gets to the core of that exact thing right there is like, yeah. what is it to be a being and what's the value of being a being as opposed to not being a being? I think it's a, it's a it's great thing for people. It's like one of the core people, central thoughts. I think it's a great thing for people to die. Like, you know, mm. it's a, death is a great thing that, you know, but die in your mind, like, you know, to die before you die, like mm. to, it's a great meditation to see yourself die and and then what is left it's not there is no thought once the mind the body dissolve what's left what's under that mm. it's, it's your essence it's this the energy that is left but you know when you can go through that process and do like a that meditation of seeing yourself die it can be so peaceful yeah. it can be so lovely it really can and because then you're not People's big fear is like of dying and they, you know, and loss, you know, mm-hmm. losing their life, loss of finances, loss of relationship, loss of health, whatever it is. All fear comes from fear of loss. So when you transmute that fear with understanding, you know, with knowledge, all of a sudden, ah, there's peace. Yeah, and I guess, and fear of loss only comes from that there are things to be had. Yeah, or things to hold on to, yeah. including you know, who you who are. You are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. it, there can be this great process of, you know, letting go of that, you know. I've, I've died. People, you know, who I used to be, I killed him. Yeah. He's gone. <laughs> no, but really. Yeah. Like, and yeah, a number of times yeah. over and then recreate who I am. Mm-hmm. You know? Isn't that an interesting thing? Because, like, when you think about that, like, who am I, what am I, I'm this continuous stream of consciousness that has got memories that kind of link me to previous versions of myself but they're not me i wouldn't define myself by the person i was when i lived in Breckenridge or that you know the person i lived in dar that i was in darwin you know like and and you have these weird tethers because you're still inside the skin even though the skin's totally different seven years later or whatever but i i have this like continuous stream of meanness that still does isn't me then yeah but that's it it's like the only thing that would keep you being that person is if you continued the same, you know, same behaviors, mm. same habits, same thoughts, and we're doing the same thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, would you would you say that you're the same person you were five years ago? Oh fuck! Would you no, say that no you were way. even the same person you were a year ago? No. Six months ago. Do mm. you know one thing that I think is interesting about this is when I think about my artwork yeah. or things that I'm creating. I always say this, like, if I'm not embarrassed of something I did five years before, then I'm not growing enough as a person. Like, I'm not changing enough. Yeah. I need to be constantly pushing myself to change and try new things because if the best work I've ever done was five years ago, yeah. I've got a problem. I haven't been learning. But um, it's funny because I don't actually apply that same methodology to my personality, though. You yeah. know what I mean? And I, I think those are more subtle changes that we don't really notice in ourselves. Like, I, I started this podcast less than a year ago. Yeah. And it's become, like... 
everything global, it, yeah, global. <laughs> it's taken over the world but it's become like yeah. one of the main defining features of what gives my life purpose right yep. now because yep. i feel so authentically connected to whatever the fucking thing is i'm trying to do yep. and what's so funny is less than one year ago i had, didn't even have this as a concept yeah that's it, it. didn't even well, that exist. shows you how change can happen yeah wow and you know that at any time and so that that in that, that you know, requires a death of some sort to, you know, death to previous, you know, death is just change. You know, people that fear death, if you just supplement the word death with change, Mm. all of a sudden, you know, oh, that in itself, oh, I guess that's not so bad. Well, people are fucking terrified of change too, though, aren't they? People are constantly terrified of change. Definitely, yeah. But it softens it a little. (laughs) That's the thing is when you understand that, no, no, everything is always changing and I can either change willingly or I can resist it and yeah. go through it in a miserable and suffering, you know, way. Wow. You know, that's it because everything always is changed. Life has changed. It's this constant cycle of death and rebirth, you know, mm. destruction, creation. So it's a matter of just, yeah, getting in sync with that, aligning yourself with that mm. and moving harmoniously with it. Yeah, man. You know, that changes everything. But it is, especially when wanting to change yourself, it's right it's back to that language. Oh, I always do that. Oh, I'm that. That is what continues that personality. Mm. You can change it at any time by mm. no longer recognizing that you no longer want to repeat that, you know, and, and changing it. Okay, I'm this. And then through habit, your mind is going to want to revert back when you're tired or mm. when things are challenging, back to the old way of doing it. But the thing is to be aware of that and push through that bit of discomfort, mm-hmm. you know, constantly correct it, align yourself back to what your intent is and keep moving through it. And in that process, you mm-hmm. will die to that old way of being and re- be reborn in this new way. And some of the challenges, I suppose, in dying to that old way is that the people around you are going to suffer a loss of the person they expect you to be. Or, you know, your own expectations of yourself, you know, and you have to accept this kind of new version. Yeah, that, and that can happen a lot. You see when people are making changes, you know, even for the better, or especially when people are making changes for the better, mm. people around them become fearful, you know. Yeah. All of a sudden, that person isn't behaving how they once did. And the way that people's minds work, they see things in patterns, and all of a sudden, it's not matching up. They're not... They're not responding to me the same way that they always have you see this with people pleasers that make the choice to change and they want to change and they start saying no to people all of a sudden people around them even their loved ones don't like it yeah because i can't take advantage of this person and i can't get this person to do everything that i want them to do anymore they're saying no how dare they and they become (laughs) really fearful and there is it's because this fear of loss loss of you know the person that once was that yeah you know so it doesn't have to be experienced that way if people aren't appreciative and supportive and understand that this person changing takes nothing from me right you know there is no loss you know then it's not seen as a threat and you can actually be supportive and encouraging of that person changing yeah. you know i see this a lot and it can be with people that are closest to the person that is making change. It can be a partner. It can be a parent. You know, mm. those loved ones, you know, a best friend, all of a sudden they get very threatened. Oh, no, what's, what is this? Why are, you, 
why are you changing? Mm-hmm. You know, it's that the fear of loss. And how do people deal with that? Well, often the, the thing is for the person that is changing to just have, they've made a conscious choice. They have recognized that what I was doing wasn't serving me and I want to change. And they've made this, uh, you know, this choice from a clarity, right? This is what I'm going to do to better myself. Mm. The thing is to then just have absolute confidence and certainty in your own choice. Mm. Allowing others, if they choose to be unbalanced by it, if they choose to see it as a threat, that's their business. The more that you can remain certain in your own choice, the others that are fearful will pick up on that unconsciously and most of the time will relax more Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they sense your certainty and then they're like, Oh, okay. Things aren't going wrong. This, it's hold on. It's okay. Yeah. It's just change. Yeah. You know. But the thing is to not be moved by the people seeing it as a threat, and other people's opinions. But rather, stand by your choice. You know, relax into it and just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, not everyone gets threatened by it. And that there's many people that will also, great, be supportive. Good on you. You know, you're doing that. And these yeah, people, yeah. you know, they're not seeing it through a fearful perspective and they'll be supportive of it and the other ones they'll soon learn that oh okay everything didn't fall apart getting fearful you know being worried and Mm. you know seeing it as going wrong didn't help you know Mm. but it it won't that doesn't even matter because the change has happened and yeah 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 yeah, yeah. the main thing is just being certain in your own choice yeah wow because I think, yeah, I, I feel like it, it also speaks a lot to the people that, in the same way we were talking about the very start, when there's a mirror, if you notice that somebody else is making positive changes in their life, it kind of accentuates the own, your own negative exactly. aspects of your own life. Yep. And then you start taking it out on them because you're like, well, how dare you make changes because I need yeah. to change, but I'm not willing to or whatever, or I'm scared to or whatever. And you start cutting them down. That's it. So the tall poppy thing. That, uh, Australians definitely. in typical are typically always talk about this. Yeah. It's like a culturally Australian thing yeah, for some reason. Yeah, just bag them out, you know. But that's the thing is, it is, it's a conditioning thing. So the thing mm. is to, you know, once you recognize that, to no longer operate that way, mm, you know. Mm. But it, it is, so there's two ways people can go. They'll either see it as a threat because you, the strength highlights their weakness. Mm. And, you know, you can go... Oh, well, okay, well, this, they're actually setting a great example. I could, you know, it's possible. I can do that. Yeah. And then make the changes in yourself, you know, and you can join them in strength. Mm. Or you can go the other way, be a victim and go, oh, yeah, and, you know, want to try and tear them down because your own weaknesses have been highlighted. Yeah. That ha- it happens all the time. Mm. You'll see that when, when someone is strong and when someone is doing something, you know, constructive and powerful, it will highlight, you know, those weaknesses and reveal things, you know, that are erosive in other people. Mm-hmm. But so they're the two options people have. Okay, am I going to view this as a victim? Yeah. Or am I going to view it as a powerful way and make the appropriate corrections in myself? Yeah, right, man. Fuck, we've been talking for an hour and a half. Okay. <laughs> I think that's enough. (laughs) It's never enough. I mean, I could talk to you for fucking hours about this. It's so interesting. And the whole, like, because the conception of the way that the human mind, we think we have to be a thing and that thing that does the stuff and the people and I need, all of that stuff is just fucking static. It's just noise, it feels like, on top of this weird, 
sort of empty nothingness and being able to just kind of talk it through. And I hope, I mean, I imagine most people out there will be able to at least sit down and just think about this for a few minutes. And that, that, the method of you talking about warming up, doing the action for the day and then cooling down, I don't, I, I'm going to practice that now for the next six months. Yeah, great. And again, it only has to be simple, you know, but, but really you see, it's about performing at your best. I'm all about performing at your best, mm. living life optimally, enjoying life. Yeah, you know. Okay. A lot of people think, "Oh, discipline! Oh, you just you, don't you want to live? It's boring." But the thing is, no, no. Come on, who's who's really living? Someone that is is fearless and you know open and enjoying life and energized because they're not burning up all that thought, or the person that's stuck in their head, you know, anxious, depressed, worried having to use things outside of themselves. Like, who's really living? Yeah, But that's yeah, yeah. it. So I'm all about, you know, living life to its full, you know, and optimally. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. Yeah, and, and you so live it, it too. Like, I, I, I've, I don't know anybody that lives as authentically as you do. To, yeah. your, to what you say, you do. Yeah. I've never seen anybody that's as consistent as you are, probably. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I've been through the process. I've been through my destruction for years and years you know Mm, and mm -hmm. that's it so if i can turn it all around you know through simple application of principles and enjoy life to its full Mm. you know healthy and well and joyous then anyone can do it and you're because your whole thing is like continual self-growth so it's like you can't really fuck this up because you're going to constantly be learning so even when you fuck up and make mistakes and do stupid shit and find yourself stuck in a rut you're always it's like, oh, great, now what, what's next? How exactly, can I fix that? Exactly, that's it. So it's, it's, it can't be taken away. It's not having something outside of you, you know. The great mm. purpose is transformation. Mm. So it's, you know, staying in tune with that. that. How can you go wrong? Yeah, man. Oh, it's so good. If people want to find you, how do they do that? So people can find me at Urban Fight Gym or on my webpage, iggymcgowan.com, or on Instagram, Facebook, same thing, Iggy McGowan. Cool, man. Well, I'll put all those links on here. Excellent. Excellent talking to you as always. Pleasure to be here. Hello again. That was Iggy McGowan. If you want to find out more about Iggy, you can see him at our gym, Urban Fight Gym, or his website, iggymcgowan.com, or Facebook and Instagram, I-G-G-Y McGowan, M-C-G-O-W-A-N. Uh, if you want to get tickets to the live podcast, you just find those on my website, lornabremner.com, or see me at the gym, or send me a message on any of my social media, and I will organize that for you. And that's it. If you like the podcast and you want to support it, please tell your friends, share it around, like my pages, subscribe on iTunes, all of that wonderful stuff. And if you really, really like it and you want to help me out, you can uh, become a patron at patreon.com slash Lorna Bremner for five bucks a month. You support my dreams and help me keep doing this wonderful thing that I love to do. Have a wonderful week. Thank you as always for listening. I'll talk to you again soon.